Bug, my man, what's going on? Not much. <clears throat> um, just chilling. I mean, the world is, you know, I think there's just a lot of chaos going on. With penguins down and feet up. I don't know what to think anymore. Oh, dude, I don't know. It's, it is funny. You know, I, I, I've got this thread that I'm working on right now that's going to take just a little bit longer to finish. But it's basically this, you know, like, I don't know. Actually, I should probably just save it until a few more people get on and I'll tweet this out. But point being, there, there's a lot of good stuff, I think, still happening in the NFT marketplace right now. You know, like, it's not as cool as what it looks like on the surface, right? You know, it's the exact same thing where we are right now with what we saw with that first little leg up in December across a lot of these assets, right? You know, the way that these things work, you see a quick leg up, you see some consolidation for, you know, sideways for a little bit, and then you see another leg up. And with each one, you see increasing volume across the board. Um, So, yeah, I'll dive into that a little bit more, but it's there's some interesting stuff that I've been looking at. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to figure out, like, what makes, like, a Project Lindy, you know? Like, and it's interesting to see this whole, like, stealth mint and then, you know, no Discord, everyone. It, it just, it, it's just pretty much as organic as it gets because there have been so many projects that released over the last week that died instantly. And every time we think this thing's going to die, it literally just keeps on going. So it's, it's like the Trump effect. Like, you, you just can't put this project down. It's not going away, no matter, like, how we feel about it. Yeah, man. I mean, again, I think it's one of those things that, like, if you're talking just about, you know, the feet, it's like, you know, from a meme perspective, there are certain memes that pop up that I think just somehow stick around as much as it pisses people off. Um, it just happens, right? And, you know, like, I maybe the Beeple, thing is the only thing keeping it running at this point i don't get why people would continue to buy it personally and and, you know this is from like i haven't sold any of those but i just don't get why anybody would buy it like you know it makes no sense to me not gonna lie claire uh this morning i was feeling a little underexposed but i also bought a wonky song last night so let's uh let's clear that up a little bit i did not buy a foot Bro, that's the way to go. Fly to qual. Uh, Actually, there there's so many good stonks right now, just hanging out on the uh, on the floor. And you know what's crazy right now? I'm wondering if my account is shadow banned because I'm you know as far as search banned. <laughs> I'm cert. You are. Yeah, you are. Because I can't even tag you in the messages. Sometimes I'm cert. Like I have to search your whole. Yeah, name. I don't get it. And like I'm searching on there right now. I see when I type in Crypto Kaleo from the Ledgeart account, like on the PC, I see Crypto Kaleo B, Crypto Kaleo 19, Crypto Kaleo 01, Crypto Kaleo 101, one Crypto Kaleo, Crypto Kaleo underscore two, one underscore Crypto Kaleo, Crypto Kaleo 23, Crypto Kaleo 25, and Crypto Kaleo op. But there is no Crypto Kaleo on that list anywhere to be found. And I am like searching hard for it. <laughs> Don't forget, don't forget Crypto Kalita. Yeah. Dude, I'm wondering if that's like, 
I don't know. I, I'm wondering, like, you know, I know that shadow ban that I've had has popped up and gone away and popped up and gone away, but it's kind of bullshit toward the narrative that Elon paints that, hey, if you pay for this this check mark and all that stuff, you know, it's a, a search booster, reply booster, whatever else, because every single one of those fake accounts that are impersonating me don't have a check mark. So how, you know, how does that work? <laughs> I don't get to be fair, it does say coming soon on that part. Uh, not that it's been rolled out yet. So I forget what is the site to be able to check if you are or not. Actually, I think I know how to find it. I've got a DM from somebody back in the day that I can track it down. But okay, I mean, from the from the looks of it, I'm not sure if it was the fact that I tweeted out feed picks or what, or if it happened before that, one way or the other. You know, shadow banned at the moment, but it's part of life, is what it is. You know, we, we we've been there before. We push on regardless. Um. So now, man, I I, I missed y'all yesterday. It was the first time that we haven't had a space in a while, and I apologize. You know, I'm going to get back on the grind now because. Again, we are going to keep hosting these until the meme becomes reality and until we cross above that 0.4206, whatever, 0.42069 meme area. It's going to happen one way or the other. So, you know, got to keep keep up the uh, the momentum, keep it rolling. And I feel good about it, man. I mean, again, I think that, that one of the good things about taking a little pause Again, looking at it, there there have been a lot of solid snipes that people have put up as far as what's been listed on the floor. I think there's a lot of solid opportunity there right now. Um, yeah, I need I need to get on to uh, um, Dev, and we'll we'll see if he's a man of his word. If it you know if it does retest his area, and get him to get him to get back in on the uh the acquisitions he was talking about uh, but yeah there there's some solid solid stocks right now available on that floor area and you know it's pretty like again i think it's one of those things where what you see in these type of situations it, it's all super low whatever people that have looked for quick flips that are just looking to get out whatever it is you know the marketplace as a whole right now, I'm just going to list some of the stuff that I've got in this thread, you know, so whether you realize it or not, the next mini NFT bull market is here, right? All the necessary catalysts are in place and the fuse to ignite the rally has already been lit. You know, if you look across the NFT marketplace, it bottomed out in October and it's slowly been picking up ever since. So sales in USD by month, October, 460 million, November, 544 million. December, 678 million. January to date, and we're, you know, not even fully halfway through January yet, 417 million. So you extrapolate that out, January should finish anywhere between the 800 to billion dollar mark, right? So we are slowly but surely ramping up. And the crazy thing too is if you look at the comparisons between now and July slash August of 21, there are a lot more similarities than what people are giving it credit for. So contrary to the narrative circulating that NFTs have always sold off into ETH strength, the first major ETH NFT bull run in that July, September 21 
coincided with ETH having a major rally from 1.7K to 4K off its summer lows from that July to September timeframe. Um, and prior to that, you know, June, May, June, July, if you look at a bunch of the collections that ended up doing incredibly well throughout that August, September period, there were a lot of the collections that were slowly making new highs throughout that, you know, the, pre the previous period, right? The squiggles, the apes, you know, you can go down the list of a few different others. They were all kind of in that category. And right now, we've seen that same thing right now. Whether it be pudgies, you know, squiggles again, right? Like, you could look at some of the other random projects, that, like whether it's pandas or kilobits, right? Like, you go down the list of a bunch of projects that are out there that have slowly been doing that same thing, quietly making ETH highs. But the crazy thing throughout all of this is, you know, again, if you look back to that 21, the summer of 21 and what happened there, the total users was relatively, and unique buyers, I should say, was relatively flat through about July. And it, it was as the volume ramped up, unique buyers came after, right? So volume picked up first, started to trend up first, unique buyers trended up next. And you just had this huge exponential effect where both started taking off simultaneously and breaking out. And that's what I think that we're on the verge of seeing right now. We're seeing volume start to ramp up. Unique buyers has been relatively flat. But what happens is as volume continues to ramp up, interest for unique buyers that have not touched the market starts to raise, right? And it inherently attracts people. So I think we are on the verge of one of these massive volume surges back to the multi-billion dollar months, you know, whether it's the end of this month or whether it starts in February, which is probably more likely. And that when the volume and the, you know, the people really come back is where you start to see the massive and insane growth. So right now what you're seeing across the board, you're seeing a little bit of profit taking from some of the recent moves you're seeing some of that, you know, the people that are just looking for the quick flip, looking to get out. But I really have a feeling that the people that have the higher conviction toward where this is all headed, especially with the strength that we're seeing in the broader market, that I think that there's going to be a lot of payout on the other side of that as soon as, you know, everything else starts to pick up. So that's my long tangent. Sorry about that. Like, you know, but I think it's really, it, it's kind of paramount to understanding where we are in this point of the cycle. Yeah, and that's what I've been trying to say too for the, you know, past couple of weeks. We're at the start of what could be, you know, starting of a bull run. But like, I would not say we're in a bull run until we see, you know, like consistent 500 sale days and stuff. People are like, oh, we're pumping, we're pumping with like 80 sales in 24 hours. Like that, like okay, take your profit if if you want to, but it's not a true pump at the moment. Oh, exactly, man. And that's that's what I'm saying. When you look across a lot of this, even floor metrics are incredibly deceptive with a bunch of these projects, right? Like even Chubbyverse, right? Take Chubbyverse, for instance. Whenever penguins started flying and whenever the cute narrative really started taking off, Chubbyverse had a massive spike up to like 0.33 or so. And it's cooled back down, you know, not to where it was in the 0 0.08, 0 0.07 area before the, the big pudgy whatever take off but you know it's back around 0 0.16 0 0.17 
But if you look at the overall distribution of what's available there from 0.16 back to 0.33, it's thinner than what it was previous to that move. So point being, all it takes is a little bit of momentum returning back to the market for a lot of these projects that have the extremely thin floors of people basically racing to the bottom to try to, you know, capture whatever they can from this while everything is quiet, you know, so deceptively, I think from the surface, it can look like, Oh man, you know, whatever is down to whatever. But like when you're looking at the overall, what it actually takes to move some of these, when the market turns on, you know, you're, you're talking about not just tens of sales a day. You're not talking about hundreds. You're talking about across some of these collections, the potential for thousands of these collect or thousands of, you know, sales per day across the board. That's where the mania really starts to happen. And it doesn't just happen, you know, it, it happens basically like that, right? You know, it's not one of those things that slowly trickles its way there. It's when this shit moves, it moves. You know, like, look at the stonks whenever they went from 0.07 to, like, 0.3 in a couple of days. If you were on a little vacation, you know, and you logged out for, like, 36 hours and you came back and you were planning on buying something before, you're like, holy shit, like, what happened? Right? So whenever it really starts to pick up across the market, it's like that. But, I mean, it lasts for, like, one to two months worth of that insanity. So... Again, I think the and that yeah. was really just a couple sweeps too. That wasn't even like you know like a a true you know increase in volume. That was you know King Dejan, Bog, and then you know uh, a couple trickle in here and there. Right? That wasn't uh, you know any mass amount of you know new wallet volume or just multiple wallet volume at all. Like you know, once you start seeing things like that, when you have you know, 300 different wallets buying in one day, that's when you start seeing those, those true movements. Exactly, man. And that, that's the thing. I really think that basically what everything is about right now is, you know, positioning yourself for, okay, you understand that there's the opportunity for something like that that's coming, Right. So basically just doing whatever you can to position yourself for when that does hit, because regardless of what people are saying about, hey, the bull market is back for NFTs, that it's fully here and that you need to, you know, start taking profit across everything across the board. While I respect that sentiment, and I do agree that if there is a significant amount of anything that, you know, if it's significant to you, it's life changing and it's basically a gamble by throwing it forward. Yeah, you definitely should. But, you know, if it's one of those things where you're just like, yeah, you know, it is what it is. It might be nice. I, like, I'm accustomed to, I, I'm just so hardened by this bear market that, like, I'm tired of this shit. I'm ready to exit. Like, you know, it is what, like, I just want to be done with everything while I can. I think there are a lot of people that are, you know, going to find themselves FOMOing back into shit here in the next few weeks and like they really will end up hurting themselves in that type of situation right you know it's a type of thing where people just find themselves in the same narrative time after time again where in nfts a lot of it just goes down to patience and i really think when you look at the combination of where we are as far as unique like if unique buyers was just skyrocketing and had already curtailed and started cratering back down 
if volume had just already had this massive peak and your project didn't really do much throughout the course of that, I completely get it, right? But when you're looking right now at what's happening, though there are some projects that have shown strength, the broader marketplace as a whole has remained relatively stagnant, but slowly picking up, slowly picking up, right? It has not had one of those months like August of 21 or out of the blue, you get a few billion dollars worth of liquidity that, you know, just ends up injecting itself into the market. We're not there yet, but I really think it's just one of those things where it is a matter of time as far as that occurring. And whatever is doing well right now, whatever has done well, whatever has a presence, you know, some type of interest that people have seen that has positioned themselves for that, We'll have the opportunity to be a leader whenever everything does take off, right? You know, whether it's stonks, pudgy penguins, whether it's the damn feet picks, whatever the hell it is, it's like, you know, there are a lot of things that I think right now do have more of an opportunity. But, you know, one of the things that I think is incredibly encouraging right now, actually, Bob, you brought up at the very beginning of this, you said, hey, there have been, a, you know, for every feet picks that's out there that's doing well, there have been about 50 other projects that you've seen pop up in the past week. We're starting to see new mints again, and they're all going to zero, right? So <laughs> the majority of this shit isn't doing well. When the majority of the pure trash that just pops up on the feed all does well, you know that things are getting a little bit too frothy, and you probably need to start <laughs> exiting around that point. But as long as, you know, it's one out of every 50, like, that's not scary to me. If anything, it's encouraging. Dude. A hundred percent. I wanted to make like another point, a little bit of a, uh, a side note, but it's funny because a lot of people like instead of like, like, I, I don't think they're really catching on to charts like I thought, but even in like the huddle discord, like someone posted on a burner and they're like, you know, the penguins are going down because everyone's talking about the feet picks and we should, you know what I mean? It's like that cope where it's like, dog, read the chart. Like, we're going to go to four regardless. You know what I mean? I think, like, 9x9 sold 20. What, like, whatever it is, it doesn't even matter. You know what I mean? It's like, just look at the chart. Like, it was bound for a correction with, with everything, and it's f- totally fine. Um, but people, like, Arash, still don't, like, there's, the market is still in, insanely inefficient. Like, when the, the when the participants can't, like, you know, piece that together, or like read each other. Like it's just like the, it's like the tribalism, the max, you know what I mean? It's like, obviously I love penguins, but it's like, you know, you don't want to be like, we're having like, people can't have fun or like, or even if you, if you can't even have fun, it's like, just look at the charts and like walk away. Like it's totally fine. Like a lot of people are like too overly invested in stuff. I don't know. It's just charting, charting NFTs actually kind of makes it a lot easier. Really. You like kind of know, like, you know, it's just like holding a, like a, a shit coin for for the long term. I don't know. Like, you, you know, I'm not selling any penguins. I don't care what the penguin price does in the meantime. But there's people that are already coping on the timeline. And I'm, I'm getting a little like, I don't know, my engagement has, has gone up, but I don't think it's like super bullish by any means. It's just better than it was like, you know, two, three months ago when it was like completely dead. When if you got like, ten, if I got like 10 followers in a week, I'm like, oh, wow, that's fantastic. But you know, we're starting to see people dipping their toes in, but I really think we're like trading amongst ourselves still. I don't think the new participants are, you know, or if it, it, I think there might be just some people on the sidelines that are slowly dipping their toes in. But to think that we've seen that run, you know, the new money is not flowing in yet. So um, I think we are still pretty early in this echo bubble.
Exactly, man. And that's what I'm getting at. I really think that it's way earlier than what people give it credit for. And there are a lot of people that, you know, do get salty whenever you're involved in one ecosystem or project and you start talking about anything outside of that. You know, I think there's a natural gravitation, especially if that project, you know, has any type of a creep downward, right? Any type of a pause. There's a natural gravitation for people to just blame whatever else is happening, right? You know, I think it's a terrible mentality to have because when the market is strong enough, right? Like, like I said earlier, whatever this thing, you know, the listing that people have, the, the race to the bottom that people have, like, it doesn't take much when the market mechanics are right to be able to overcome that. If anything else, you know, if they're right, right, if somehow the exhaustion is here, then, hey, they've done what they needed to. They took profit and it's going to collapse no matter what project you talk about, Right. So I think that's something that a lot of people don't give it credit for. If, if the market is exhausted one way or the other, some of this shit's going to go down. Like, it's just that simple. But if the market is not exhausted, you're going to have a continuation across the assets that are strong, regardless of whoever in your community is talking about a different project, right? Like, that's where tribalism starts to get toxic. You know, it's it's fun. It's all fun. And it's easy to support people whenever everything is going up and everything is going up consistently. But whenever everything starts to take a little bit of a breather, it is interesting to watch, you know, when people do get irritated, because like you said, Bog, I think at that point, you know, you're starting to see people that they are overinvested and they don't really understand exactly how the dynamics of the market as a whole works, because it's not about one or two or three voices that are talking about some other project. Again, when the market's doing well, everything's going to succeed together. Right? So, you know, like it is what it is. But, it's like the know, it's yeah. like the kids not getting invited to a birthday party, right? Like they, they don't want to see, you know, when they're not having fun, they don't want to see other people having fun. And it's not they there is a loud minority of those people in my personal opinion, but I think the vast majority of people do want to see everyone win. Um, And like the grand scheme of things, I do think majority of people are at least somewhat diversified, right? Not only all in on one project, I think by this point in the market, uh, especially through the bear, people have, um, you know, branched out a little bit more and, uh, you know, are diversified. Uh, but yeah, I think I think the sour people are really just like you know those kids that weren't invited to the birthday party. And if, if I'm not going to have fun, I, I don't want anyone else having fun. They're they're just well, the, the kid who takes the ball home from the playground because he has to go home. <laughs> there's so little limited liquidity in this ecosystem. I think people are just naturally like, "Yo, fuck you!" If you're taking away liquidity from this project, I have my whole bag in, and it's so fucking stupid. There's not a lot of new people coming in this space, true. But recent indicators in the the overall market, like Bitcoin getting to 21k, etc., I think we'll start seeing a lot more capital start pouring back into this space. Not a lot, a lot, but we'll start seeing some new liquidity into the space. And what Kalei was saying earlier, how most people in this space are probably way over-invested is probably very true. Think about how many NFT people you know just became Web3 investors for the first time because they came in through NFTs. It's a very different market than traditional markets, the Web3 market, as you guys know. But really, at the end of the day, people are always going to be pissed. Now, like the greater issue is, Okay, if I'm your normal DGen Web3 NFT holder and I've got a very tight consolidated bag with all my investments in Web3 and I'm pissed about seeing all these other projects, what am I going to perceive as being a high return of value? Well, I'm going to go with market trends. 
But if you look at market trends, projects that tend to do best in the NFT space are like 10K PFP collections, right? And you look at collection like wonky stocks, it is not a PFP collection. But um, stocks are very much a part of Web3. They're a part of Web3 culture and the larger audience space in the Web3 space are crypto traders, not NFT holders. Um, so I, I think we'll see a lot more people over time that realize, hey, 10K PFP collections are not a guaranteed indicator of value. Uh, I, well, people have come to realize that over time. But now we're just starting to move towards like, hey, you know, you look at NFT collections like Uniswap's V3 liquidity position, you know, those do very well because that has real utility and real value. Uh, but anything aside from anything that isn't like classified as utility, if it's not a PFP collection, apparently it's not allowed to have a community. And it's this weird mental thing that we've created in this space, which is, I just don't understand. I understand it from a position of, oh, yeah, 90 plus percent of people who own, hold bags and NFTs are just trying to make a profit. So they're looking for indicators of a return on investment. But there are always those outlier projects too, like feet picks dot what the fuck, which I saw Kaleo chart recently, et cetera, that, you know, the memes overcome the PFP status. What's funny too is you see like the people who whine the loudest, right? If, if, if you go to their wallet, they have, you know, hundreds of illiquid shit pegs you know, that they can't dump if they wanted to. And, you know, in the time, too, you know, their strategy was, you know, to buy and dump. They're just the ones that got caught with the or in the liquidity. Right. You know, their initial their initial plan was, you know, to invest in these shit pegs and you know try and dump on someone else for a profit. And then when it doesn't work out for them, they just start yelling and whining and crying and, you know, all the typical, um, you know, jargon you see on the on Twitter in discord 100 yeah. percent. i also see like like those wallets and i and i wonder my, to myself like where are people getting these calls to buy this literal dog shit i mean it's i like there's some stuff out there and i'm like where who told anybody to buy this and why did you even like think this show. was gonna do anything <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i mean like the, i'm not talking about feed picks i'm talking about like literal zero things like things that you know are are you know one wallet owns you know more than 50 percent or like just random rugs and it's just like what the hell the 5x derivatives <laughs> yeah i think too many people double down in a negative way too a lot of people who are coming into the nft space for the first time don't really realize how small of a of a space it really is how limited the liquidity actually is so you see people like logan paul who are like hey i'm a fucking influencer whatever i say my bags will carry with me i've yet to really get burned too badly but you know half a million dollars or whatever the fuck it was into one shitty nft pfp uh the only one force right which you'll see people even normal people keep piling their money into the, their bags into the same project over and over again because they already have so much capital invested when I'm just like, bro, you got to learn where to cut your fucking losses in life, right? There's some 10K NFT collections that are just never going to return, right? There are these collections that historically have been heading towards zero and you still people see individuals like maxis of those communities accumulating bags. But, you know, they're just people who work normal jobs for the most part. I feel fucking terrible for them because they've got so much faith in this one little fucking niche project in this one little niche community that I'm just like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? And then you see it on larger scales with like, People who will come in with huge bags and don't work normie jobs, who their buddy says NFTs are going to the moon. And they're like, bet, just point out whatever one you want me to buy and I'll throw a bag there. 
it's it's really fucking weird. It's a weird space. Liquidity is extremely limited, but you get to see like very primitive examples of like macro and mi uh, microeconomics in the NFT space in your fucking face every day. Yeah, and, and that's my point though that I'm getting. Or you know, my my long rant that I had is kind of a foundation for this conversation. At the beginning of this was we have not seen an increase of unique buyers yet. We have seen an increase in volume across the marketplace. Confidence is slowly returning. And some of the floor prices of you know some of these projects are creeping higher, but there are still a lot of projects that are creeping lower. So what you're seeing is a rotation to quality as a whole. Um, yeah, you know, it's frustrating for some people when they see a random ass project that probably deserves zero like feet picks that does well because they feel like in this low liquidity environment that everything needs to go to quality. And I, you know, I disagree in a sense that I think memes succeeding every here and there are actually healthy for the space. Um, but, you know, going back to it all, it doesn't matter at the end of the day, because we are all rotating among the same people that have been here because there are the still same 40,000 unique buyers that are, like, I'm going to make a bold prediction here. I actually think in 2023, we are going to see a new all-time high as far as unique buyers, you know, across the NFT marketplace. I think that it's going to happen. Like, I, I'm i looking at everything right now. I, It sounds bold. But when you're talking about a monthly basis, that the total monthly volume for, you know, for the highest month ever, for all of NFTs was only $5 billion. I don't care if it's a bear market or not, you know, like there, there, when you're looking at what happens across the crypto space as a whole, $5 billion of volume in a month is nothing, right? Like there was one month that I know this was on perps. So, you know, not the same as doing it on spot, but like there was one month in 2021 where I did $4 billion of volume on perps. Like, by Kaleo, I think a huge factor here, too, is also on-chain versus off-chain liquidity, right? Because when you look at on-chain traffic in the Ethereum ecosystem, you'll see that OpenSea alone makes up for like 6% of all traffic. The number one application that makes up for the majority of traffic in the Ethereum ecosystem is Uniswap V2 and V3. Each independently make up more traffic than any other application on the blockchain. But combined, they make up roughly 16%. OpenSea is roughly 6 And then the, the next, like... Two large players after that are also NFT marketplaces. I think it's X2Y2 and looks rare. Uh, so obviously, when you when you factor in all these things that are on chain, you know you can't have washing so easily. Uh, obviously, there are gas fees associated with every trade, so things aren't negligible, right? So we see a lot less liquidity and volume to begin with, but we still see like roughly. Uh, I think it's about eight percent total of all traffic on Ethereum mainnet comes from NFT marketplaces. And, and my point being that that's incredibly small still. I, I really think that there's enough potential in this ecosystem uh, that even in the midst of a bear market, that the potential for there being, if the right conditions hit, you know, right now the most unique buyers that we've seen in a month, you know, it topped out in January, let's see, January 20th, 2022, topped out that day at 123,000 unique buyers. I don't think it's crazy to say that if we start to see some of these creeps higher continue, 
right? Whether it's in names, like, and I'm talking about just, like, that's why I don't think ridiculous shit like the feet picks really hurt the ecosystem as as much as a lot of people give it credit for. Because when you have ridiculous shit, whether it's good or bad, you know, whatever you think it is as far as the quality, whenever something ridiculous does well, it brings enough PR that does bring new people into the space because they're like, man, if that's succeeding, what else can't? And what do all those people do, even if they come in initially for the gamble to look for whatever the next thing are? What they see is they see somebody else on their timeline that has a wonky stonker, that has a pudgy penguin, and that has these quality assets that aren't just bleeding back to zero, like a lot of the shit that they're trying to rotate to. And they're like, oh, man, okay, yeah, this is what I actually need to stack and accumulate. And again, it doesn't take very many unique buyers entering into many of these projects to see a real lift as far as any momentum to be able to drive you know, any type of floor or whatever else higher. So I think it's just a matter of patience of saying, okay, you know, we are still trading, you know, basically all trading the same cards with each other. Eventually there are going to be more people that come in here. Like it's the truth of the matter. It's going to happen because even, even right now with Bitcoin and ETH climbing higher, right? There are people that will gain confidence coming back into the market that have sat on the sidelines that will be open to it, regardless of, you know, whatever else is happening. I guarantee you it it is a stimulus for the ecosystem, for the NFT marketplace as a whole. I really think it's going to act the opposite of a lot of these people that are saying that it's going to suck all liquidity out of everything because everybody wants to like that. That's just not the way that the NFT market works. So uh, rooster. Yeah, man. uh, 110% agree with all that right and and as fucked up as it is right we need in, in the nft community we need memes like feet picks to actually do numbers like you said to get that pr it's like the doge effect right you know back when doge came out it was all you know everyone was tech maxis right they're like they're like oh you know like you know this tech this tech you know it has to be the best tech and then everyone started shitting on doge when doge came out like oh this is completely useless it's you know inflationary like blah 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 but what onboarded the most masses doge and you know crypto's reaching new all-time highs right because as fucked up as it is everyone gets that itch you know the normies get that itch in them when they see you know someone else just like printing money essentially then they're like oh how Ooh, I want to print money too. How am I going to do that? Let me, uh, you know, meander over into this space. It, as fucked up as it is, you want things like feet picks to move. Yeah, you know, you may be not on the boat when it happens, but don't hate on other people that, you know, are part of the movement and Rooster, are having fun. Look at what Bonk did for the Solana community. I mean, Solana was True. literally like an all time low in the shitter. And then for the first time, you saw people even in the Ethereum ecosystem like, oh, I knew this was going to happen, blah, blah, blah. And then, boom, Bonk appears. And now all of a sudden, these people who have never even used Solana before are suddenly interested because they see, holy shit, these people are making like three Xs every day, right? Memes carry a shit ton of value. But I think a a whole other thing that we aren't really talking about in an audience that is rapidly growing in the Web3 space is the audience in like, I'm going to call them third world countries, may or may not be an offensive term, but you get the point, right? Countries with developing markets, countries with a lot of corruption and inflation. The real issue with these 
audiences, though, they're only really trading crypto because they need it in replacement of their local financial infrastructure. They haven't really had any exposure at all to NFTs. They're not out here trolling on Twitter like the rest of us are. But I think it's a whole market that has yet to be capitalized on. You don't really see any NFT collections on any main chains like Ethereum mainnet that are anywhere near affordable. And then you add the complexity of NFTs, which obviously increases the gas costs associated. And it doesn't really make sense. So I think we might see like a huge push to introducing no new users to the NFT marketplace uh, when we see a lot of traction and improvement in scaling solutions, like uh, when Polygon ZK solution comes out. I think we're going to see a lot of really cool new NFT collections based on that that are a lot more affordable and bring a lot more users in from all over the world rather than just, you know, your North American liquidity, which probably makes up, you know, 80 plus percent of all NFT liquidity. Yeah, not gonna lie, uh, Europeans do be letting us down uh, on the market from when when the Americans go to bed uh, to when we wake up. <laughs> we need some more U European liquidity as well. Yeah, sorry about that. I uh, I have some family over that was crashing in the the room downstairs and dude it's basically just my brother and his wife like i've got an extra room and they live a little bit outside of town so anytime they come in town they just basically is their weekend place <laughs> so they wash like it's literally basically only them that use that room and they wash the sheets every single time after like using it only once and then i have to like go back and remake the bed and all that i'm like dude why do you wash this like nobody else is coming here so I was trying to convince him not to, and I was unsuccessful. So anyway, like it was already done. I, I went down there too late. Well, were you like, oh, bro, but the weather, it's going to be a really nasty weekend. I don't know if you should pull through. <laughs> bro, I don't know. No, 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 not like that. I was just like, why don't you just make the bed instead of washing this and like having me make it later? Because literally only y'all are sleeping here. You, you've been in it one time, once. <laughs> anyway. Dude, I have the same thing happen with my sister-in-law. She comes over for like a weekend, you know, a night over the weekend, and then it's like, all right, gonna do it, and then the sheets are washed, and you have to do all this work to get it back. I'm like, you're the only one. <laughs> Just keep it. So, Kaleo, uh, let me ask you, you know, as you know, trying to stay unbiased here, right? Being agnostic to profits. Um, what is your exit number on fee picks? Are you going bro, I, 100 that, percent out I, on wonky no, that, songs, or are you bro, letting some ride? Like, no. You know what? Here's my deal. I will sell the majority of what I have right around that peg because, like, I'll I'll keep a few just for the memes, right? <laughs> but yeah, like I'll sell the majority. That like, but again, my thing right now, and I'm telling everybody, why the hell would you buy this right now? I like it was fun. It was all fun and games back beneath the point one area. Like I was all for talking about it, you know, tweeting the chart and everything there. Um, um but yeah, so I was, um, all, I was all for everything there. Sorry, man. I'm I'm still getting I, I realized I said that whole story and they were right outside the door. Anyway. <laughs> 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 no, 
Well, yeah, it wasn't anything was, bad. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't anything bad. It was just like, I mean, it's honestly, no, anyway. no need to wash your sheets. Yeah, no, anyway, though. So, I, you know, I'll, I'll keep a few for the memes, but, dude, yeah, I'll, I'll dump most of them. If, it, if they get anywhere close to that, you guarantee I'll, I'll rotate back. Like, so there's no, at, I'll at what that. price point are the art aficionados? You know, because like the same thing happened with goblins, right? And they're like, well, they're like, well, actually, this color palette hasn't been used in, in like, you know, the art is actually very, you know, when do the art aficionados come in uh, to the feet picks and then start writing blurbs about, you know, how it's like actually a movement? Like, I mean, bro, you, know, you seen it reach people yesterday, right? They they tweeted, uh, I, you know, I thought they that was... derivative. I thought that was funny, right? Like, you know, it does show there's some power as far as the mainstream of what they've done. But, you know, it all goes back to this. Like, I, it was funny to tweet it out. I think I kind of proved my point a little bit with like, you know, if you're going to tweet out a project or, you know, share a project and you're going to do whatever, you freaking hold that bitch a little bit. And, you know, it, it can do a lot more than... <laughs> Like just paper handing for you know point oh one on something. I don't know what what people are doing for ten or fifteen bucks a pop, but anyway. So like I think the the point has been made. You know it's been successful enough that the point's been made, and I'm okay like with exiting anywhere here. But like I'll I'll hold on. But it's just a matter of again why why would anybody buy like. You know, obviously, I think I think right now people are going to continue to. But why would people continue to? It just blows my mind. Like you've got things like stonks right now that I think are, you know, an incredibly solid buy where they are. And, you know, I like the stonks, again, are something that I'm incredibly confident for where they're headed, what they have planned, everything like, you know, what we have planned, what what's going on with that. But like, you know, again, no matter how high the, the meme of the feet picks goes, it'll end up like the goblins where it eventually rotates back out. And, it, you know, it might do another 10x from here, but then it'll be another six plus months of just continued decline and continued decline. And, you know, so the majority of people that end up entering into something like that are going to get hurt. So who knows whether it's already there or not, like, you know, just why why gravitate towards something like that when there's qual? I mean, heck, even things like Chubbyverse friends, right? You know, I think Chubbyverse is another one where you've seen people take some profits. Like, I know that the Chubbyverse team is working on some cool shit. If you're talking about like the GIF ability, you know, they've got I think like half as many views on their GIFs as the Pudgy Penguins. And right now, like they're on an absolute fire sale down in that point one six point one seven area. You know, what at point one six, point one seven, would I rather buy a feet picks or a chubby verse friends? Like I would rather buy a chubby verse friends, right? So you, you know, know so, the thing that could save them is if if I don't know, they were to make some type of app where you take your feet and then you walk with them and then you get paid in feet. <laughs> so like merch would step in is what you're saying oh my god yeah no dude that's, that that's the, uh, that's the joke because i lost a bag step in x only fans <laughs> so, rooster do you remember when we would just show up to the spaces back in may or june and i'd be like all right like what is the price of stepping today is it zero yet no okay like you know did our daily step in check in and i said that these are 100 percent heading to zero they're a huge ponzi it's going to happen no matter what we check in we'd be like yeah 
is it zero yet? Nope. Okay. Well, you know, the next time, and eventually, sure enough, zero. I blame you for fighting our bags to zero because it, it was all up until the first time Kaleo says, well, you know, actually, Steppen's going to zero, and, you know, fuck. <laughs> I got to head out, boys. Thanks for Sorry. having me up here. Have a good one. Kaleo, have fun Play with your brother. Peace. I got I to gotta go in a second, but uh, the, the Pudgy Igloo meeting is uh, about to start. But I was going to say, I, was, I may have been defending support on the feed picks, and I may or may not have 130 feed picks. Um, You're ridiculous. So, so I'm teaching everyone this is a charting exercise, guy, boys. This is a master class in charting. You like keep coping. The cope, I haven't, I don't even taste the tears yet. I need to taste your tears. You know, we're, we're just getting there. Like, so until, until I Yo, see people cry. actually crying and breaking down on the timeline, I'm still buying. That's... As you should. Croc, Croc, really quick question for the, the tweet you pinned up there. What website is that or tool to chart NFTs? Uh, he, he stepped down, but it's it's Parsec. Um, Parsec's good. I, I'm going to try out Flip soon because, you know, Ledger said they've got some decent stuff for Flip. I just haven't taken the time to try it out, so I'm going to try it out this week. But I, I heard Flip has some decent tools um nansen obviously nansen was always like what i saw previously dude nansen is just like why would anybody pay that right like that's, that's insane um but Nan- nansen doesn't give you like candlesticks like that right no. it's more so you just get a data yeah yeah yeah. Nansen yeah. doesn't have his advance on the charting side but I'll, I'll admit like bro even parsic parsic's like incredibly rudimentary as far as their tools i mean but it does give you something right and something is better than nothing so i think there's still a huge opportunity for anybody out there bro you have no idea how many times i've told trading view that their signups would go through the roof if they actually took the time to really build out and same with TrendSpider. I've told both of them, which, you know, they've really focused on their, you know, their stock side of things and their crypto, they, you know, they built out also. But what I keep telling them is if they really want a huge market share of new participants, build out a robust NFT charting feature within it and you will have a huge, you know, huge number of people that end up coming over to it. So um i do want to shoot it over to neb here he's had his hand up for like a good uh 15 20 minutes i think now let's do it <laughs> hey thanks man um yeah kaleo one of my favorite things about using flip uh flip is um actually the way that you can sort by traits um i love how easy it is and how good the breakdown is because basically you click um or you can look at every trait and it shows you the NFT with that trait on the floor. And then it shows you the next couple. So you can just click and look at, um, you can look at the next few with that trait and see how um, thin individual floor traits are. So one of my absolute favorite things about Flip, and that's what I, what makes me use it uh, the most. Um I actually have a question about so rare. If you guys have a second to uh, uh, sidestep, I missed that space earlier this week because I was working. Yeah, what's up, man? Um, 
So I've loved this game. Oh my goodness. It's been so much fun as like a huge basketball enjoyer. Um, but is there any like alpha, I guess, on any um, rookie cards versus regular cards? Um, just because that's typically one of those things that with the traditional card market makes uh, something more desirable. Well, in my opinion, obviously, right now it's so rare NBA. It's their first season, right? And, like, again, like you said, I actually really enjoy playing the game. That's the only reason why I partnered with them because I'm like, ah, like, this is actually really cool. And, you know, they've got to, whether, you know, you want to do a free version or, you know, whether you want to collect the cards and, actually do something with that like they've got multiple options with all that but you know the from what i understand the player cards you you can carry over the next season so if you look at it from a perspective of man this is the first season they have out whether they're a rookie or whatever else like they're going to release new editions of these cards each year right so the old ones, this season's cards will be playable the next season. Um, so, I mean, theoretically, right, if it's the same player and it's a earlier season's card, there should be more value to the earlier season's card from the perspective of what you're talking about of the historical whatever. You know, obviously, each player will have a certain value as far as just their minimum value for utility, but I think that you're going to start seeing multiple tiers of and it all just depends on their success too right you know like will they continue to build out continue to gain momentum as far as marketplace share etc so you know with anything with that i don't think it's a guarantee but i think that they've got a lot of cool things set up for it to where they could end up growing that out but you know with anything else like a lot of those cards especially a lot of the shitty role players if I were to guess, a lot of those shitty role players, their cards will go to zero, you know, in a year or two, whenever they're forgotten about. <laughs> and, you know, their utility just isn't really worthwhile anymore. So it, <laughs> I, I, I think that's a big part of it, like understanding kind of the dynamic of how that'll work going down the road. And that's and that's the whole thing. Like, I've got a couple of rookies that I'm like really, really big on. Like, I got a Shade and Sharp card as a reward, which I'm super pumped about but like the biggest thing is like what you said the game is enjoyable um and that has been like the 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 thing that's kept me coming back is how fun it is to see how these guys play night in and night out and also see how these individual lineups that i put together that are in my opinion like way more fun than than talking about crazy trades and everything um, but it, to your point about like role players, it also kind of ties back in with the, the conversation about how sometimes things just go to zero. Um, the, the beautiful thing about role players is like right now I have Kendrick Nunn that I can plug in and usually I can fit him as my fifth guy and I can have a higher guys with higher scores or higher costs to, to put on a team. And I can just fit Kendrick Nunn in. And when he plays, he gets buckets and, and, and like he had a, night where he got me like 25 points uh recently um but he he fit in and and lowered the cost enough for me to to set another solid lineup so um but if things end up going to zero like it's 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 part of life uh it's just part of life 
Yeah, man. So I think that, that that's what it goes back to. But, you know, I really enjoy it. I, man, I got to have you hop on one of these spaces where I'm actually, you know, partnered with, with them. I only do a couple spaces a month officially partnered with somewhere. It, it would uh, be fun to, like, uh, yeah, bro, do, a, do a, a space while a game is going and, we're, and we can watch a game together. Uh, just because, like, I, I have a nine to five as a wage cook. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I'd love to join. It'd be so much fun. Nah, man, I'll I'll look into setting something up for it. Um, Scott, you've had your hand up for a while. Don't think I've had you up on one of my spaces before. Welcome up to the stage, sir. You got in your description, Dev Bear Uni Frog Zunk Web Three Grinder. Um, what is going on? What is up, oh. man? Yeah, I I uh, I heard about you pumping feet pics, and I, <laughs> I loved it. So I, well, not pumping it, but I saw the tweets about it, and then I added you, and now I've been uh, checking you out. But I like what you had to say about a lot of things. I mean, uh, I will say, I, I, actually, I came up to talk about the Polygon thing, which was literally like 20 minutes ago, so I'm not going to bring that up. But uh, it was funny, the the guy, Croc or whatever, he said he had 130. He's he he The Pudgy Penguins are like the biggest holders of <laughs> feed picks, which I thought was funny. I just looked it up. Um, yeah, but sure. There's a reason. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, that was funny. Uh, they, they, they own like 600 of them mutually. That's But um, on the so rare topics, so actually, you know, my background in NFTs, maybe like a lot of people was uh, NBA Top Shot. And I was in that flow ecosystem. I built uh, Moment Ranks and owned the Moment, which are still used on that system. And, you know, as a, I'm very critical of Dapper. You know, so I, <laughs> I, I haven't done anything with so rare, but I, I see a massive potential on that platform, um, on that utility side, because that's always been missing on the Dapper side, and uh, a lot of people wanted that. And I actually think a lot of the failure of Dapper wasn't just from saturation of supply, but also because the lack of utility. So uh, I'm interested on so rare on, for that reason. No, man, it, it it is actually fun. I I I do enjoy playing it. Um, you know, it's I think got a lot more it's a lot easier i think to be able to connect with that for the average person than it is top shot because those moments i mean i don't know at a certain point they really do feel oversaturated without any true utility um so you know it's different but i i think it's got a better chance of actually sticking a little bit more charles what is up my man yo um I just want to do a quick little, it's not like a self plug, uh, but the company I work for, I pinned this tweet up there. We had like a little internal hackathon this week and one of the engineers put together a cool tool. Um, it basically allows you to select two collections and kind of like chart them against each other, just get stats. So uh, that tweet I pinned up there, you can see wonky stonks and little pudgies, uh, how many overlapping holders there are. You can kind of see the sales over the last month or so. Um, and how they're trending against each other. There's there's other pieces to this. That's just like one screenshot. But I'm I guess I'm curious. What would you guys want in a tool like this? Like you know, in terms of feedback to bring back to my team, uh, what would be cool to see? I like it, man. I mean, you know, it is cool. It's interesting to see. It's interesting to see the actual numbers behind that. Um, and I think a lot of that goes back to, you know, for instance, if you brought up, I forget which one of you, I think it was Scott that just said there were X number of pudgy penguin holders that held feet picks, right? And feet picks ended up doing well with that. And you're like, oh, well, 
maybe that's a metrics that I, you know, that I want to look out for, for some of these other new small mints, like what are they, you know, what are the holders comprised of and are, are they part of a trending ecosystem? So I think that that in and of itself is pretty cool. I, I don't know, man, I'm trying to think of what else I'd really want to see with it. I like being able to compare side by side like that though, from the total sales and everything else just makes it a little bit easier visually to understand the trend between two different collections. Um, but I can't think of anything right now at the top of my head that I would add or take away. You know what's wild uh, that I just thought of with that? Like, you could essentially almost infiltrate, you know, a project-specific um, alpha groups, right? Like, uh, Proof Collective, you just, um, you know, see if there's any massive influx on something that, you know, like the Proof Collective guys are buying. And totally. Then, yeah, you just essentially infiltrate their uh, alpha group. I don't know, weird thought. No, I like that. That's a that's an interesting idea. You could just see like, okay, everyone that's got a Moonbird or the Proof Pass, like, what did all these holders just recently buy? Like, oh, there's a big uptick. They bought a bunch of Cam Pie Pandas or something. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I like it, man. I like it. Um, let's see. Karate, what's going on? Nothing much, man. I was just going to say it would be fun and completely degenerate if you could do one of those like market cap comparable things, too. And all of a sudden you can see like, you know, wonky stonk floor if they have the same cap as, as you know, uh, Board Ape Yacht Club. Oh, yeah. Adding, there... in, adding in the overall market cap. I don't know how you would do that. Um, maybe being able to chart over something like that, actual trend lines of floor price and market cap could be cool, but I know that that starts to get a little bit messy on the chart itself. Yeah, it would get messy. It would be very hard to do, uh, but it would just be a fun degenerate thing if there was a possibility to do it. I know everyone loves to do that on the coins. You know, it's like this random shit coin. What is it compared to Bitcoin market cap? You're like, oh, nice. I'm going to be a trillionaire, you know, in a year. I mean, don't you just like divide um, the uh, or multiply the floor floor price and collection size to get the market cap? I mean, yes, but Brewster, <laughs> the thing is, I feel like nobody, when it comes to NFTs right now, really talks about market cap. As crazy as that sounds, you hear about floor price of an individual NFT, but you don't hear anything about the actual market cap of each. Product. So. It's funny you actually mentioned that because um, I, I think that's going to start being talked about more uh, within the next few months, kind of like, you know, charting the NFTs where the, the biggest speaker um, of market cap that I've heard like on spaces when it comes to NFT projects is probably Crypto ISO. Um, and he's always comparing like, uh, you know, the, the pandas market cap to like those of shit coins. Uh, not typically other NFT market caps, um, but he, uh, you know, uh, goes back to the CT side and compares them to like coins. I love that, man. And, you know, like, dude, again, when you look at the stonks, that's another reason why I'm saying like the, the title of the space is wonky stonks are inevitable. But, bro, it's so true when you think about it just from a pure market cap perspective. About, you know, hey, 0.3 ETH or 0.25, whatever the heck it is, you know, 
it's a $4 million market cap. And when you look at some of the shit coins that have really taken off as far as just, you know, the coin slash token themselves in the hype of the mania of some of these different movements that we've seen recently, $4 million is nothing, right? Like, you know, I, I don't think it's crazy to think that some of these projects that have that type of market cap could see 50 to a hundred million dollars as far as a market cap is concerned. So I don't know, man, I, it all goes back to just, do you actually, do you actually, actually have confidence in the NFT space as a whole continuing to grow? Because if you think it's going to remain flat, then, Hey, your argument that $4 million is already a good amount may be fair. But if you think that there is potential for this space to continue to grow, and if you think there's space for, you know, those total unique buyers, the liquidity, the total volume, everything else to continue to increase, then it's tiny. And I, I don't know how you can be involved in this space for longer than a couple of days and, you know, actually have some stuff invested in this space and not have any confidence that things are going to continue to take up and trend higher and eventually hit another catalyst for major market growth and momentum. Yeah. yeah like, Im- imagine too, if you were to um, drop a shit coin, right. Just, just instead of an NFT project, right. You'd probably be sitting at currently like a, you know, 20, 25 million market cap and just doing that comparisons with, you know, the NFT project, like, yeah, the stonks are inevitable. Uh, eventually. I mean, there's, multiple root room for over a hundred X, uh, even from here. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm here to ride the wave. And then like, you know, you also look at the supplies side of decent projects is also so little, you know, it's exactly kind of what we're talking about. And it's, and it's like, as soon as we get that, that new uptick in market participation, like this stuff's just going to rip. I mean, yeah, right now it's very PVP, but like, soon you know as people start trickling back in from from eth ripping a little bit and all that stuff like there's there's no supply for any of these things at all yeah and even (laughs) just for people on the ct side like eventually it's going to get to the point where if you don't have a stonk on your profile somewhere no one is going to take your charts seriously any of your alpha seriously on ct you're 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 going to be stuck and unable to grow just because you don't have a stonk and it's going to be a glory. Golden, welcome up to the stage. How are you doing today? GM Kaleo, I uh, just tagged you in a, a stonk collab I just did. Uh, you might not recognize what it is, but it's it's a nice stonk. It's trending up, which I like, and it's a Barn Owls NFT. Uh, I think it's the second time we've put one of these out. Someone else did it too, but it's it's not the actual Barn Owls NFT on chain, but it was the first time someone put a ROG in another uh, collection collaboration. Adam Z's put a fishing ROG on my Unicorn Barn Owls, and uh, so uh, that's a pretty big deal to me because that was pre-Sappy Seals ROGs collab and pre-all the other fishing rogs bandwagon hopping so pretty big piece of blockchain history in my opinion and i'm not sure how many people realize this but the barn owls minted the same day the contract was deployed the same day as the pudgy penguins that's crazy man 
Well, I'd love to see it. You know, I'm not sure who did the mashup. Maybe Yakimet or Yakimet or Cube were the ones that are the mashup kings. But I love to see them. It's you know the the stocks go great with just about anything. You know, maybe maybe they wouldn't be a good background for more. You know, for digital art stacked on top of it. You know, I think the like art on top of art's a little bit of a different mix up. But you know, you can DJ the PFPs with the stonks incredibly well. I'm going to continue uh, making these. I've, I'm going to work my way up to the full cube and have the full cube with the barn owls on every panel. Let's go, man. Love to hear it. If ETH moves half a percent up from here, the floor will be $420 on the stonks. We're at 418 right now. So, so free? Yeah, pretty much free at the moment. And until we're at sixty nine four twenty per stock, like it's free. You're sixty nine point four two ETH, right? No, no, I was thinking sixty nine thousand four hundred twenty dollars per stock. Okay. That that, that Which, works too. Actually, that's that's kind of undercutting. So yeah, sixty nine ETH actually. You're right. But at that point, it would still basically be free even at that price yeah still free yeah no way around it um yeah bro i mean but hey it's still like you know i i think bog brought up a good point earlier where it is funny to just see some of the you know the sentiment across the timeline when you do have projects where He's obviously seen it with the pudgy penguins, right? I, I really haven't seen too much of this sentiment yet, but I guess it's because I'm not in a lot of, you know, maybe a lot of the same chats that might be sharing that sentiment. Um, but, you know, looking at it, bro, like, yeah, you're going to have periods of capitulation for some of these, but like I'm looking at like, you know, the pudgies as far as where they are right now. Bro, if you look at it from a simple charting perspective, they're literally just retesting the breakout. There's zero way that I see them not bouncing back with this. You know, like even on the USD perspective, right? You know, if you're looking at Pudgy ETH time or Pudgy ETH times ETH USD, what's that, bro? Nick? I'm getting rugged. I think you're getting rugged, man. Uh, try back here in just a second. Okay, yeah, bro, I'm looking at it like pudgies are still freaking $8,100 per pudgy. They're just consolidating right now. It, it, actually, what it looks really similar to is back in July of 22, whenever they first started breaking out, they ended up consolidating in that, you know, 2500 to, you know, $4,500 range. And they did it for, you know, from like the 14th of July all the way up to about the 9th of August, nearly an entire month before they started breaking out above that to like the 6,300, 6,500 level. So I'm looking at it again with the pudgies right now. They, they made the last major leg up at the end of December, right? December 27th. So they're probably due if it's the other timeline sometime in the next week or two for that next leg up above here. But people are just so they get addicted to instant gratification. They get addicted to instant returns 
that any little shakeout, like it doesn't matter what they've seen trending the past, you know, since July of last year, um, they, they start to get scared of whatever and they don't trust the overall trend of the market and they shake themselves out, right? They really psych themselves out. I, I again, think it's just incredibly early for the NFT marketplace as long as the pudgies are underneath 12K USD. So I think there's a lot of growth there. And if you see a dip in a major collection that has strength like that, that's shown strength, then, you know, like it's not a bad time to average your way in if you can. Um, Neb, what is going on, sir? Um, when you, when you, or when you say that, um, that 12 K resistance for pudgies is, is very important. What do you think flipping that does to the little pudgies flora? And this is me just asking a question and not speaking as someone who is chasing that instant gratification. <laughs> you know, Nev, I think the little pudgies are just the higher player on big, but or higher beta play on big pudgies and, and same with rogs where, whatever growth that you see with big pudgies, it's going to be a similar type of growth that you're going to see with the, uh, the little pudgies. But I think that it just happens on a more, you know, on a quicker scale. So if little pudgy or if big pudgies start rising by X percent, the little pudgies raise a little bit faster. And, you know, same thing if, if everything declines, you know, just works the same in the opposite spectrum. So yeah, man, you know, if, if big pudgies are just ripping, I guarantee you little pudgies end up relatively ripping even faster because there's a lot more opportunity there as far as the, like, you know, people get priced out of big, so they flock to whatever the cheaper collection is. Um, but, you know, again, whenever the market does top, you end up seeing the retrace from the top of whatever the littles are a lot quicker than what you would see in something like the bigs. It just happens. Um, so, yeah, you know, like, Again, if you're confident in the the mainstay of the ecosystem, the bigs, you know, obviously the littles aren't going to go anywhere. They're not going to just get completely left behind. You want to know what the funniest thing that I've seen today was? Um, I saw a post this morning of like someone advertising their alpha group and they were like, Utes called at you know, uh, 150 soul um, at so-and-so soul price. And they're like, sold. Utes, 140 soul at so-and-so price. Profit, $500. <laughs> like, they took a 10 soul loss um, on the NFT itself, but, you know, are claiming, uh, yeah, advertising their alpha group because uh, soul just ripped so hard during that time that they were profitable in USD. And uh, that, that just cracked me up this morning. Yeah, bro, I saw that. But are you sure that's not a troll? It's just too perfect. <laughs> like, like, you know. No way. I mean, I, I mean, I guess I can see there are some idiots out there that would post something like that. But it there just are seems a lot. like, to be honest, really, like, there are a lot. Your feed's probably, you know, a little more, like, a, a little cleaner than my feed as well. Um, so I, I may just be like, uh, what's the word for it? Um, damn. I'm blanking right now. 
Oh, exposed. Yeah, there it is. I just may be exposed to a lot more of it than you, but, like, there are definitely, I don't know, definitely could be a meme, but at the same time, like, I could definitely see someone trying to do that. But either way, it still, like, cracks me up this morning. Bro, I know, I did see that, and I was laughing. Like, it's the funniest thing, because there, you know... (sighs) People that are NFT traders don't care about the USD value as much as they do about the denomination of the actual token itself, right? You know, you care about stacking ETH. You care about stacking SOL. You don't care about stacking USD. I mean, like, at the end of the day, obviously, when you're cashing out, that's what matters. But I'm just saying, as a whole, the people that are trading NFTs, they don't flex by saying, hey, I made, you know, 10 grand on this because the ETH value of it went up or not. No, I mean, because the USD value went up, they end up saying, Hey, I made 10 ETH on this, right? Like doesn't matter if ETH cratered in the process, like they're going to flex those ETH gains. So, you know, it's just the nature of the beast, man. And I think it's going to be like that. Realistically, it's going to be like that until one of two things happens until, you know, number one is, the underlying say that you know there's more spot volume that starts to uh, starts to happen as far as the um, you know some of these dexes are concerned they start using USDC US you know USDT a little bit more or perps start to get introduced right and as perps start to get introduced it's you know like Alts never really were talked about in terms of USD until FTX came around. FTX was the one that mainstreamed that. You know, you can say the Binance did what, like, it was FTX that mainstreamed alts being talked about in terms of USD. They were not talked about in terms of USD until that. It was always BTC. And if you talked about alts in terms of USD resistance, you were laughed at, right? Like, you were... You were called a noob for the market that you had no idea what was going on and you were just laughed off the table. So, you know, it's the same thing kind of right now with people talking about any NFT projects in terms of USD. Everybody says, well, why would they react based on USD? Nobody looks at that. I still think it's an underlying psychological, you know, support and resistance level. But like, it's going to be a lot more mainstreamed the more liquid that the USD pairs get. I think derivatives end up, you know, the perps really end up driving that movement whenever, whenever that happens. Yeah. You, I mean, I mean, personally, I only factor in USD when I'm like, you know, loading a little bit of dry powder. Right. Um, Otherwise I just strictly, yeah, pretty much thinking ETH and um, stacking ETH as well. Yeah. But the ultimate feeling, like the ultimate feeling of pleasure when you're trading NFTs is when your project is pumping and the underlying asset is pumping, like Ether Soul. That is like, uh, it's a great feeling. So that's why you're so hyped about your four feet picks running right now. No, I got, I got three. Actually, what's crazy is... Um, uh, I DJed even a little bit more yesterday um, and bought a fat nut. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I looked in the chat for like five know. seconds yesterday. I was kind of out, like, you know, MIA yesterday as far as the action on Twitter. And I log in for like five minutes and I looked through two of my different like DM chats and both of them were talking about fat nuts. Bro, like, you know, what? Uh, no. 
<laughs> yeah, it's, it's already done. It's already done. Uh, I made like 0.65 um, Ethereum. Oh, and... you actually made something off that. Oh yeah. So you dumped I... on everybody that you that you talked about it to then. No, I, I told no, I told everybody my my clear process through the whole way, uh, exactly every move that I was making. I told everybody, um, but yeah, no, I I got in, got it. What well, what helped was I minted like a super rare, um, so I helped a little bit. So I only would have been in the profits like point four, but no, yeah, the busted the nut, got out. I mean, the play was clear. They were doing some type of snapshot thing after like 24 hours after minting so i mean yeah it was like easy call it's going to zero after snapshot you know get in get out if you can into the volume because it was like like top lead in like 1700 sales um on OpenSea. so it's just a, a momentum play i'm embarrassed to say i think i bought the pico top on those fat <laughs> nights <laughs> oh bro it's just why you know, like, like I said, right now, okay, the feet picks have been lucky. Why? Because but... it just bought me a stonk last night. That's why. Okay. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. For every one of you, there are 50 other people that have not, you know, that ended up losing a stonk because of that. But then again, I'm not going to hate on it too much. Going back to the Bogfather principle, it's, it's one of those things where right now, you know, people are just like, as the market's kind of relatively flat. People are just speculating on whatever shit. You're gonna have one out of the hundred run, and you know, aka the ones that have feet right now. But like outside of that, there just isn't much happening. And even right now with the feet picks, bro. Going back to what I said earlier, I mean, hey, I'm enjoying it. I think it's fun watching them go higher. But like, I would never tell anybody to buy one of those right now. Like, it just, I, I wouldn't do it. Right? You know, as as unstoppable as some memes might be, it's like. Why even risk it at this point when there are other quality projects that are sitting near that same level that have already dipped from whatever movement they had that are probably going to be more sustainable? It just doesn't make sense to me. You're sounding like a like a liquidity guy right now. <laughs> One of the sidelines, even though you do hold your bag of beads. Like, hey, I'm not. I mean, I'm saying this as a you know, I, I have my 19 feet picks. I had 20. I gave one away from the stonk thing. So I've got my 19 feet picks, right? I I have not touched them. I'm fudding my own bags here. And, you know, actually, I think that is one of the reasons why the project has done better than it could have done because all the all their main account does is literally just log on and say, you know, we're, we're, why aren't we at zero yet? We deserve zero. So all I'm doing is, you know, echoing what they're saying. So me fudding it, if anything, should be bullish. So are, are you going to fud it like – if it does end up running further, like, are you going to be like, are, are you going to be a, a vocal hater about it? Even like, while no, holding the bag? no, 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 or are no, you going to be I like, mean, you see, like, like guys, like, you know, understandably, like it didn't make sense to buy, but at the same time, like a little exposure was worth it for the meme. Okay. Again, what I'm saying is this all because I'm fudding. It doesn't mean that I don't think that it could run way higher from here. Right. Like, I think it definitely could. But I just like, I don't know, man, to each their own. Just understand right now that like with something like that, no matter how great the memes may be, there's always the chance that at a certain point, 
you know, it, after it tops out, whether it's here or after a 10 or 20 X, right. You know, somewhere along the line, there's going to be a point where it tops out and it just trends to zero infinitely from there. Right. It does not ever catch a bid again. So it's, it's kind of like the bonk games, right. You know, the people that were buying bonk all the way up, I kept saying, okay, you know, this could easily pull off another 10 X and bro, it, it did. But like, you know, over the course of those two weeks, they, everybody that was in it had a shit ton of fun. Um, you know, it did bring life back into the soul ecosystem. And those profits did rotate to other quality things. I mean, you know, whether soul pumped off the base or a bunch of other soul projects, you know, so you saw a lot of that happening. Point being, hey, if the feet fix are the ones that do that, great, they might. But then you look at what ended up happening to Bonk after, and Bonk has been, you know, down only ever since. So, you know, same type of thing with this. Eventually, it's going to reach that point. And I feel like, again, beneath point one, I was okay. Even though it it probably is a little bit more established now than it was before point one. I'm I'm just beyond the point of, if anything else, personal, you know, brand liability. (laughs) It's like, I don't feel conscionable to be able to say that anything up here for it would be a good buy. I'd rather just say stack solid shit that you know is stuck around and will continue to stick around. Yeah, with uh, my uh, small size of 2,600, um, my I can be a, a, a little more... Oh, 2,600 what? Uh, followers, I think. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can be yeah. a bit more DJ. Yeah, I can be a little bit more agnostic. And here's my thing, too. When you're buying into something like feet picks or fat nuts, right? Any, any, any meme like this, you should know and understand that it will be at zero on one point in time. So do with that information what you will. You know you're entering this very, very high-risk trade. You should have a clear-cut strategy. I mean, the market out here is ruthless. Um, And if you're the one that ends up being someone else's exit liquidity, you should have understood that, you know, risk going into it. It's already a high-risk trade as it is. Your plan going into it is to, you know, eventually dump on someone else for profit. That's all. I mean, that's what everything is, is selling to someone else for profit. Um, it's the entire stock market, the entire rest of the NFT space. Like you should fully expect and understand that if you get caught, you know, you, you're just, was the unlucky rabbit this time. Scott, you got your hand up. What's going on? Yeah. I was going to say, uh, if there's one thing we can say about fee picks is that we keep talking about it. So that's like bullish as hell, right? I mean, yeah, you know, there's power behind memes, right? Like, there's definitely power behind memes, whether you hate on it, whether you do anything else. So, you know, who knows? It it does feel like one of those that could continue to grind higher from here. And, and like, I'm not going to hate on the movement, right? Like, you know, obviously, like, I've shared about it, whatever else. Like, I'm not going to hate on the movement. Yeah, I mean, hey, if anything, the higher it goes, the more clout that I can get. Um, I mean, I, I did a giveaway at like 0.07 on my profile. I was happy about that. Whoever won that is probably really happy. Well, he probably he probably dumped it immediately, but he, he could have been happy. Love 
love to hear it, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I gave one away the other day and it was, yeah, back at the point one five area. Like, so it's, I, I mean, and I told that guy, I was like, you know, I also gave away a wonky stonk for the winner. And I was like, you know, you want to get first place if you want a long-term hold of generational wealth, AKA the wonky stonk. You want to get second place if you want instant liquidity to be able to dump and do whatever you want. <laughs> um, so, yeah, man, like it's the way that some of this shit goes. But, you know, the fact that we're even talking about any of this just shows you how fun is returning back to the market. When was the last time that we talked about something this ridiculous in NFTs? I, like, I'm having a hard time thinking about it. Bob- I haven't had this much fun since last January, literally a week ago when, like, kind of the, the derivative scene was popping off and you were making, like, a, a bunch of X on, you know, select derivatives. Um, that was the last time, like, I remember, like, being up late and, like, you know, seeing, like, mass amounts of volume come in like this and, like, you know, just deejing in with the with the crew and just laughing. Nick, you've got your hand up. What's up, man? What's up, guys? I don't know what was happening earlier. I was driving. Twitter's been rugging me all weekend. They they perma banned my account, so I'm working on getting that back. It's actually an all. Um, I wanted to go back to the market cap topic that we brought up. Um, it's very touchy because you have Ethan USD and then the way that you're calculating it is the floor price. I think it's very useful though, in terms of finding, um, an exit point, because we all know how hard that can be, especially on a good project. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is hard. And I, I, I still think the smartest thing to do is, you wait until there are periods of higher volume, right? Like right now where shit's kind of stagnant, you know, the slippage that you're going to take for exiting something whenever everything is quieter, like it is right now, is insane compared to just being patient for the market to search. And, and, you know, I get it. There are some people that just don't believe that the market's going to trend back up. They're so conditioned by the past six to eight months of the bear market that they think down only. And they're like, man, you know, we've seen a little spike here. I'm done. Right. Like as things are declining, they just think the market's done inherently. Like that is what they are, you know, conditioned to. And I I don't think it's necessarily right. I think it's one of those things where, you know, you look at the charts, you look at the momentum, you look at a lot of the other outside factors. I really think we're just starting to pick up steam so if you've got something that you need to sell and that you can wait for or that you want to sell and that you can wait for i really think that you're going to end up securing a lot more from that just being a little bit patient and kind of listing into pumps so basically like you know you could list right now and then just be patient for the next few weeks right you know like will it take a few weeks for the market to move again who knows you know it may take a lot shorter may take a little bit longer But if you have a broader window of when you're willing to exit, I think nine out of 10 times you're going to end up winning that trade with a higher success rate than just, you know, flooring, whatever, accepting the wheat offer and just getting out right now. Right. And you've got to think about too, especially if you're, you know, flooring something for wheat and, uh, you know, especially if it's a high conviction asset that you're flooring, 
to get back into that project, right? You know, you need to account for a couple different things. One, slippage as far as any type of fees. And you have to count that on both sides. So what you're selling and what you're buying. And, you know, it just... Yeah, I think... It's a lot more difficult to make that flip through trending shit than what people give it credit for. Yeah, I think a lot of people, too, they don't realize they're not traders and that they're investors and they'd have a lot better time. I mean, I don't blame people who are selling, but you're not going to get rich playing it cautious. And you've touched on this a lot, but the risk-reward to being sidelined here versus the risk-reward to going down a little bit more is just not worth it. It's just, I mean, it's like basic fundamentals. If you're trying to trade something, you're trading into you know volume and momentum. Um, and long-term assets, right, like stonks, you shouldn't be looking to make those flips, right? I mean, unless if the volume is incredible and you know you can probably catch a pullback, like it's not worth it because – you know, any any one time, right, can be that moment where it just doesn't turn back and all of a sudden you're priced out by trying to catch like a $200 profit. Like at that point, is it really worth it in your long-term conviction bets to, you know, try and like make those micro transactions like that? No, absolutely not. Like you, you flip when there is momentum and volume somewhere and you, you rotate that into your high conviction plays and stack those um at least that's my trade strategy anyway it's been working pretty good a little rooster season going on lately um i do want to play devil's advocate uh just have a question anyone can ask this um or answer this um it seems pretty exciting right now everyone's getting a little bullish um my only concern is earning season and that 101 Dixie support, does anyone have a counter-argument to that? Bro, I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't give a shit about it. Let me see. I, I'm looking at everything else. There's so many charts, and they're all, they're all intertwined. Everything else that I'm looking at says bullish, so that probably means Dixie's bearish. Give me a second. I'll take a look. Let's see. Dixie, 101 support. You're talking about, I mean... Need to, need to look at it right. Bro, no, freaking tank that shit. No, like that's that's definitely gonna tank lower. I'm all for so, it. I mean, that looks weak as hell. Break it down. So hey, yeah. Bog, I see, I seen you come up here. What's minting right now? Because gas is at like fifty to seventy-five. Dude, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not even, dude, any honestly at this point, I think we have our thing. Like if this, it, like nothing else is. I mean, I'm not saying nothing else, but it, I, I don't know what else is gonna pump. Like if you people like had the opportunity to release a collection this week if they were sitting on one. So I don't know if people are being degens on stuff, but. This is like sitting and waiting on our hands right now. So nothing really to. No, yeah, that. There, it, it there is a big. Joke. There is a big mint right now. Really, with which one? Yeah, the uh, a kid a kid called Beast. I mean, they just they're oh, at like okay. fifty eight hundred three hundred sixty ETH right now. So they're doing well. That's what it was. Sure, they fumbled the bag, but it looks like they cleaned it up. So I don't know. It's good. How'd they fumble the bag? Apparently, their site crashed and their Discord had some mess going on. Uh, in the beginning, but it looks like they worked it out, I guess. So the, the typical story. The typical, yeah. <laughs> happens in typical, typical story. Yeah. Yeah. 
I want to see how are some. So a kid called Beast. I mean, who who's putting that one out there? I don't know too much about the project. I know they have a big partnership and they have a game uh, where they've showed gameplay, but we all know how that's gone too. Um, but it was one of the hyper, more hype mints for sure. Okay, so they've got a game and they have gameplay. I'm bearish. Wait, is this? <laughs> game was and this? gameplay, like, it never lives up. To, every Web3 game is pure shit. Like, <laughs> it's that simple. If that's what you're depending on for your, you know, for your whatever to go higher, I am bearish as hell. Hold on. Was this Elliot's thing? Agreed. Not not into the, the oh, game. If it's Elliot's thing, I feel kind of bad, but I mean, like, the truth was spoken no 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 it's different we're in the we're in the pong slash atari phase of web3 gaming it's straight trash man (laughs) you can literally buy anything else and like it'll probably be a better choice yeah but apes are Uh, gonna do it bro apes 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 are gonna be the one if i wanted to like listen to marshmallow (laughs) and like hang out with like you know other grown men in their mom's basement (laughs) you know what i mean i'd probably I go on like hold You're rugging a little bit, Bog, just FYI. I just wanted to say as a founder of a uh, on-chain game, I'm, I'm I feel like I'm attacked right now by whoever said that. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, I said it and I apologize. You know, I'm rooting for you, man. I'm rooting for you not to say that, you know, the grind, the evolution might not lead somewhere eventually. But just as a whole, you know, I also can't all of a sudden change my take because I found out that there's a founder of something like I, I, as a whole, I'm incredibly bearish on the average Web3 gaming ecosystem because they all every single one I've ever seen sucks. No, I, I actually agree with you. Um, my, 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 uh, what, I, what I will say is, like, as a dev, like, I, what I put forward is, like, uh, have you have you seen anything with dynamic composable NFTs before in the system, in the, in the ecosystem? Like, the traits can basically change. Not not just trade not not just trade swap. Like I think that's been that's that's definitely played out and most of it's off chain. I mean my project I did it on chain, but like actually composing ERC eleven fifty fives onto an ERC seven twenty one and it travels with the with the base token. Have you seen anything like that yet? Uh you know, if I have, I am clueless to it. So... Yeah, I, I mean I was just gonna say that was that's basically what I had innovated on. I, it's not like Look, if I had a game studio backing me, okay, that's a different story. But my project's pretty small. But um, I think there is potential there. But I agree with you that right now the gaming system is actually shit. So can't, I can't I can't disagree with you on that one. The problem right now too is that NFT, like you guys are saying, NFT games are just not there, and then gamers themselves hate NFTs. See, but that's just because they're not aware. You know, people the the conversations that I have like just explaining okay how many times has your kid asked you about buying a fortnite skin like as soon as i talk to like a couple of parents like that they generally become more open-minded so i think the 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 issue is is partly a a small amount of knowledge base um as compared to experience and then to that point like the small amount of games that we've played have been crypto focused like DeFi so, Kingdoms was not an like an entertaining game, and I'm sorry, I'm going to wrap up in just a second. But I feel like 
as as the future of of, of gaming and in crypto in gaming and NFTs in gaming evolves, as long as people focus on making a good game, the rest is going to follow. And and my personal experiences coming from the Fluff World community and like some of the games that those guys are building, like I'm I'm ready for it to take off and and kind of blow people's minds in an in an unexpected way. But as long as people put games first. That's the that's the most important thing. So here's here's my thing. There's uh, and I you know I do enjoy video games. Um, I don't play nearly as much, you know, as I used to when I was younger. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I, I still take my time to enjoy video games every now and then. Uh, my thing is though, it's like, you know, with your with your Fortnite skin argument, like Fortnite is just not going to do that. Um, why would they like release? Um, a small, you know, collection of you're, skins, and then you're when they can just cool. dump on, you know, the entire market with an unlimited amount, right? Rather than just accruing lo- royalties, so like that, it, it's not they they just be shooting themselves in the foot. So like that, that um, then you got to ask, like, as why would someone go on the blockchain to, you know, play uh, a blockchain based game? Right, and it's probably mostly going to be centered around money, um, and so at that point, you essentially just have like a, a skill-based, you know, mini gambling website, um, which I think is going to be probably the first use case. But that's the thing; it can't be focused on money in the sense that it needs to be a side effect. And uh, to your point of Fortnite, Fortnite not doing that yet. That's why. A, an alternative to Fortnite needs to come to place. You know, it's the same thing as like Elon buying Twitter. Now, I'm not going to get into the Elon debate or the Twitter debate or anything like that, but some users have noticed things changing. It's an argument that one could say, oh, there should be a platform that's owned by the people that use it that is controlled by the people that use it, where it's, it's more user-friendly and designing the experience that we want to have. It's the same thing with video games. You know, if you have an interesting game that people are going to want to play and then money is secondary, but it's developed as a competitor to Fortnite, we can build a better game than Fortnite. I mean, they're learning about the gaming industry and crunch and everything and, and how these devs are treated and how these creators are treated. When people are doing it for the passion of doing it and doing it just to create something and then money is a side effect, um, I, I think that is how we create bigger and more beautiful and more impressive things. No, um, absolutely. And, and I understand what you're saying about, you know, on the developing side, like you have to be focused about building a good game and not the money. I'm talking about your player base, right? Because the majority of people who, when, when they go to play video games, right, they're going to, for the most part, decompress um, and just enjoy time, right? So how are you going to get that market share from people who just want to, you know, not risk anything right or you know not being expected to be rewarded with money um and you know just want to like you know play some call of duty or play you know some assassin's creed or whatever it's not it's not necessarily about market share it's about the enjoyment of the game i play the game because i like it and then when i'm done with it i can sell my assets that i've earned or paid for or i can store it and, and, and not ignore it and play 
or not play the game for a little while and then come back to it and have all these these items that are now rare because there are new things in different collections and now there are new things that I want. Right. Yeah, the game doesn't go to zero at that point, though. At the same time, right? Like, I think current companies um, have a lot bigger ambitions than what their budget achieves. Right? Like raising four million dollars off of a min, you're not building, you know, the next groundbreaking game really at all. Um, And we we haven't seen it yet. I don't think we will see it for um, some time. You know, I, I. Honestly, what I think is it's going to take a, a Web2 company um, to, like, try and make that splash. See, I, I, I agree with you that we'll probably have to see Web2 companies get involved, but I don't think that Web2 companies are going to perpetually be the leaders. I think, um, I think anybody in Web3 can create anything that, that is a, a powerful enough competitor just as, as long as it's it's – fun you know and 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 it's got a a good use case um i i would really like to see here actually what scott has to say uh you've had your hand up for a while and i think you said you were a game dev so like i'm i'm speaking way out of my depth of knowledge base here so i want to kick it to the expert yeah i'm i'm a full stack engineer i mean i have i have developed in unity and developed some games more casual games i I do think you know when we talk about games though you know there's tiers of games right i I agree whoever said that fortnite isn't going to move to blockchain i mean they have no reason to do that it would really literally well i don't even think it would be technically feasible um but yeah there wouldn't be business reasons either um you know maybe they add additions to their platform that are nft experiences I, i can see that i can see every um company diving into that just for extra revenue but I, I think there's a tier of games that on on a blockchain that can succeed. Um, yeah, anything with um, like character revolution, you know, selling up the dream of like WoW or RuneScape on blockchain. Maybe the graphics aren't great, but graphics aren't always the most important thing with a game. Um, you know, people have fun and still play RuneScape, you know, now, and it's not the best graphics, right? People farm that and 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 they like what that's about. So I don't think graphics are like the primary indicator of a good game. I will say the blockchain ecosystem on gaming with pde and it's and it's uh it's had such a negative sentiment around it and i don't think you know it's it's been bad for crypto gaming so there's a little bit of work that these companies need to do if they're going to introduce blockchain games to show that they're not ponzinomic um but uh you know like for example my game is literally like you know, I grew up with retro games. It's a click and play adventure game. It's very simple. It's on chain. But the cool thing about it, right, is my UI that I built on top of the smart contracts can be built by anybody. So the idea is that if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, someone can take it over and it will still work. So I do think there's a big opportunity for, say, indie game devs, right? They might not have a big, uh, a big working blockbuster AAA studio budget, but yeah, if they mint out for one to two million, they could create a cool game. Um, you know, and, and and keep building it from there, and even let community take it over eventually if it if it's liked. So that's what I'd say about that. Love it, man. Well, big bold bull, you've had your hand up for a while. What's going on? This is it, brother. Uh, I uh, if if Bog is still loading up on the feet picks, I got a proposal. Uh, four and a half ETH for my thirty feet, and I'll buy what sixteen wonkies here in the space right now with it. You gonna take that, Bog? <laughs> <laughs> Silence. 
Anyway, the gauntlet is down. I will do it live in his faces. He's pretending not to hear you. Yeah, that's he's AFK. I mean, he he, he could be. Uh, yeah, I, I won't lie. I nearly fell asleep there for a second. Like, I, I, I it has not happened in a very long time. I don't even know how. But I was just sitting there, closed my eyes for a second. I looked down. You know, you do one of those quick little sit-up things. That's what happened there for half a second. But we're good now. We're back at it. As Sorry, far as bored you to sleep with NFTs and gaming talk, <laughs> Bro, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know why. Um, I I don't think that's it. I think you know, just life happens. It's honestly the appropriate reaction. Don't even. You don't have to equivocate. It's all good. <laughs> Do you remember that one video of uh, that? I forgot who it was, but that trader who was um, trading on live stream with like max leverage and <laughs> live streamed himself getting liquidated while sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are you talking about uh, Keith? Uh, yeah, th- yeah, it could be. I think so. It was either Keith or the Asian dude. There, there are like two of them. It was, and... it was the Asian dude. <laughs> okay. Yeah, man, I do remember that. That was unfortunate. <laughs> but I don't know what that guy's do or deal is. He just he had like infinite funds to continue getting liquidated with. I think people said some of it just came from donations, and he would take his donations and just double down with it. But that doesn't even make sense. How do you raise two hundred thousand dollars of donations like in a couple of days to be able to reload the clip with? Well, because if you have 200,000 people willing to give $1 to watch you, uh, you <laughs> suffer in pain, or, uh, you know, 100,000 people to give you $2, like, shit adds up. <laughs> people, I guess, fucked up as it is, like, that's, like, unfortunately, like, a high uh, market share of entertainment, right, is, like, watching, essentially, people suffer for your entertain- your entertainment. Isn't that what Gainsey does? Yeah, basically. You, you got both? Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I feel like that's one of his greatest strengths. I was going to say, yeah, I got both sides. You know, the torture side, and then you got, like, Mr. Beast. You know, you either go one or the other. But that's the whole thing, right? There's a marketplace for, like, fight videos and videos of people just eating more food than should be consumed in one sitting or podcasts where the hosts like openly hate their listeners and it's it's just like a bit like that can be entertaining and fun in and of itself if you just have absolute contempt for your audience have you guys seen what rookie's trying to do with the game show i'm here for it man I came in uh, the cool, game show. 71st in that poker poker tournament that he did. You did 71st, That's nice. I got yeah. uh, knocked out, I think, like, um, 216 or something. It ran. 71 ran, my table, I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, impressive, man. Yeah, it ran um, really terribly at the end where the blinds were just eating you up. I said, there, there was a lot of people in that tournament. That was a, that was a tough grind. I'm not gonna lie, it was fun. Um, and I I love like poker tournaments and community and stuff. And that's that's there. There's value in the community that he's building, and I think that's 
the important part of any kind of crypto thing or any kind of crypto game, not to bring it back to that, but like he's building a game show, like anything that we create, we can have fun with. I think it's cool, man. I mean, like, for instance, I, I've got a bunch of exchanges that, you know, after FTX have tried talking with me to partner with them. And I, I haven't been in a rush to do anything. But one of the things I'm pushing for, you know, at least starting off with anybody, like there have been people, they throw out numbers for whatever, for, you know, the partnership each month. And bro, what I've gone, gone back to several of these with is I'm just trying to see. I, I've been like, I don't want any money monthly, like, you know, any upfront I just want, I'm trying to maximize the, the number that they would let me give away to, like to the community, because I feel like that's the best good faith thing entering back in any type of partnership. Because it's like, if I'm going to partner with somebody, I want it to be something that benefits everybody, you know, like, and that's obviously I would only benefit in that situation. If, you know, people actually do sign up and trade and the marketing actually is working. Right. You know, rather than just getting some monthly whatever, you know, I want that to go out toward people. And I think it's a more effective brand of that, too. You know, so I, I think it's kind of like a win, win, win across the board. So that's kind of what I'm in the process of trying to, like, negotiate out with a couple of people, because I just think it's one of those things. It's a really cool concept. Right. Where, you know, if, if somebody gives me, you know, tens of thousands of dollars every month just to be able to hand out like i think that's pretty badass rooster you would know this is Icebag still giving away pandas in the weekly poker tournaments is that still a thing yeah it is um it's on a momentary pause for the pp system dropping uh here soon um so as soon as the pp system um Drops, so poker's going to resume again. I'm trying to earn one of those pandas during this little mini NFT craze here. Um, but what are, what are the details on those tournaments? Because this is the first that I'm hearing of it. And obviously, I'm a, I'm a degenerate. Well, um, it has evolved. But most recently, it was uh, every Saturday at, I believe, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, poker tournament for all holders. Um, I think, I mean, I think maybe pretty much anybody in the Discord could technically play, but you're not going to win one unless if you own one. Um, so that's the most uh, recent one. But the one rookie was holding with the Magnet Money Show, that was free to play for anybody. So anybody could have um, earned one in that. Bro, what? Hey, tell me if. So, okay, say that I get a budget from one of these exchanges of like 40 grand a month that I just give away. What should I do <laughs> to, to do it effectively? Like, I've thought, I've thought through a lot of shit, but like, I don't know. I, I, I've thought of so many fun things that I could do where. Oh, yeah, you could do. Oh, I mean, like. Depend like like who are you trying to like what demographic like are you just trying to give it out to anybody random? Um, oh, I mean, are... I, so here's the deal, right? Like it, it's something where you know with any of those to be eligible to win it, I'm not the one actually distributing it, right? Like I would be the one as far as you know doing a competition to help select the winners, but. The actual distribution, you know, you have to have an account with the exchange. And then from there, you know, like it's 
so basically they deposit it to the winner based on whatever their account ID is. Um, so I'm just curious, you know, in that type of a situation, like what is the, what is the best way of, I, I like, I've got so many ideas for different things that I could do. I don't know. I think it could be a lot of fun. So I'm, I, I don't know. I'm not, I, like, I am actively working on some of those different talks because that's, that's the only way that I just feel right. Like going back into any type of partnership agreement with something. But again, if it just, it's like, if it is something that I can, that I know for a fact I can benefit that many more people with and like, honestly be able to go out and say, Hey, I am not taking any money outside of like whatever, any affiliate commission that comes in from the actual, you know, like I, I don't know how anybody can get upset with that. Right. So I feel like you just kind of answered your own question. I feel like if you go into it with good intentions and, uh, and then open heart and like you've proven consistently that you're a good guy, Kaleo, like one of the best aligned characters of the timeline, you know, um, and I've personally, I've followed you for a very long time and um, have listened to your voice over the course of my crypto career. But like, that's just the thing. If you go in and just try to do something for the people, that's, that's good enough. I'd consider like, and again, what Rooster was saying, it depends on your target audience. And also, I think it depends on the exchange that you partner with. I think the interesting um my first thought anyway would be uh, as somebody um, you could give away like blue chip NFTs that you think, I think that would be the easiest exchange or medium of exchange uh, for folks. And it also gives people a community to be a part of and a, a group to join and other like-minded people to talk to and learn from. But well, depends as on great as that sounds, I think the majority of these would just be giving out cash, <laughs> USDC. So, uh, you know, from there, people could then go out and like buy NFTs, right? You know, if you're giving away like a thousand dollars a day or something, like that's that's kind of like the minimum goal that I have with any of these. It's like if if there's an exchange that lets me give away at least a thousand dollars a day, then give it I will strong holders. <laughs> then I'll go forward <laughs> with it. <laughs> So, nah, bro, I got I to gotta keep it even and fair about you. I don't know. We'll see, man. But, you know, uh, there are interesting 50, 50 final It all goes back to, like, I think it all goes back to this, right? Kind of like what you were saying, Neb. There was a long period of time that I was sitting there about, like, okay, what's really the next step that I could do with anything like that? With like, Because I'm not done trading forever, right? Like, you know, I've been messing around and tinkering with different exchanges, and, you know, from there, it's a matter of, okay, if I am going to actually go out there and partner with anybody, there, like, there have been, everybody offers you money directly, right? When you're in a position like mine, and it just hasn't felt right. Like, it just hasn't. And I'm just like, no, like, I, that's it, my thing that finally just clicked why I were, I've just been sitting in the sideline. I'm like, well, how long do I wait for whatever and it just doesn't make sense for me to go forward with something like that. So again, like I just see it as one of those things where if I'm ever going to do something like that again, like that's how it has to start off, right? It has to start off with literally everything that I negotiate going to the community. It'll be the most fulfilling too at the end of the day. And I think in terms of giving it out, I think you should just try and do as many different routes as possible. Like, 
you could do poker for some. You could do a marble race, so it's totally random for some, or a wheel spin. You could do just a simple retweet and follow the exchange. Um, you could do a bunch of different things. Yeah, yeah do it to super guppy holders only. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, I think that I like at the end of the day, I've got to say on what I can do. But I, I, I don't think that it's one of those things that I can, I wouldn't – it's got to be something that I feel conscionably like, you know, this is actually right doing it. So we'll see. Hello, um, you bro, know, you're just interesting stuff to be able to look out for because that, that may be coming out here soon. And, and yeah, like your Money Magnet show thing, Neb, is what brought up the uh, – like, you know – the topic of me even bringing that up because you know similar type of concept to what rookie's doing with that I, like you know i think like i love what he's doing with that right like nobody gets upset with that yeah i mean it's like first of all i think you're thinking about it too much and uh maybe you should consider uh rooster's idea of giving it to stockholders so that we can surpass that 69 420 uh, goal. Um, I think that has a chance of doing it. We just turn it to a straight up <laughs> FTX Ponzi. Um, no, but uh, I think I think that sentiment of what Ricky's trying to do with Magnet Money Show and what you would try to do with this and partnering with any exchange, I feel like would be good for whatever exchange did it, just to kind of turn around the sentiment and, and get back in good graces. Because I feel like every Every negative, uh, or every conversation rather that I have with with folks, uh, are, are either crypto nor or newbies that have been burned in the last twelve months, or like I was just at at lunch with my parents the other day, and my mom asked me if it was really safe to be investing in crypto anymore. <laughs> um, so I mean, just I don't want to say combating that narrative, but making people realize that, um. This is still the future. Still something oh, yeah. that is good for the majority of people. Is uh, a good. Hey, quick shout out and quick aside. Sorry to say, you know, pause real quick. I've noticed, like, dude, there have been a few solid. Looking at the stock sales that we've had right now, people are just sniping some of the like, some of these beautiful stocks that have been capitulated. Crow again. Bro, I don't get this streak that Crow's been on, on just accumulating these super bullish stonks. But he has been out there shooting his shot with these Weath offers that are slightly above, like, floor Weath offers for a bunch of incredibly bullish stonks, and people are just accepting them. Like, they don't realize the gems that they have. Like, I just looked at one of the ones that Crow just got, and I'm like, dude, what in the world? And he got it for 0.24 ETH. 0.24 ETH. Somebody accepted that offer for it. I'm like, bro, that is genius, right? Like, you know, somebody that just has patience and is just literally curating his collection based on ETH offers is insane. And then the next three that, like, got snagged up for ETH offers are all also solid stocks. Like, you know, there have been some just quality, quality sales today and looking back like you know the past seven hours especially i love the bullish stonks i i collect the bullish stonks and if i can the ones with the colored backgrounds it's uh you know if i'm gonna collab it with one of my other collections i want it to look bullish 
That's the thing, bro. I I feel like the bullish in Rooster. Tell me if I'm wrong here. Do you think the bullish stonks were slept on for a while? I I kind of think they were. I mean, all of the stonks were slept on for a while. If we're being a hundred ten percent, but yeah, not only are they less than you know fifty percent, like the bullish ones are more rare. Uh, return above zero. Um, they do look better. Because I remember, I mean, I, I was a little agnostic to, like, the price action in the beginning. Like, I went for more aesthetic um, and rarity rather than price action. Um, and sometimes I'd, like, make matchups and i like, pop up in another community. I'd be like, yo, like, look at this. And then I'll be like, does that mean we're going down? <laughs> like, it was just fucking brain dead people. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the bullish ones do have a little bit of a better sentiment, unless if you're a bear, right? Like a trader SD. Have you guys been looking at other charts right now? Like, I mean, there's a lot of charts that support, like a lot of NFT charts that support Pudgy Pret, the rods. I mean, like, if you're if you're weathing here, like, I honestly think you're you're probably a bottom, t- you're bottom taking it across a lot of a lot of things so oh yeah 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 no i i agree i mean but that's the thing like if you're on the other side of the we thing like um like crow is that's able to just freaking snag these things for a steal you're you know literally bottom ticking something that i think that if you're if you're just patient with and snag it like that's the thing with most of these offers you get a lot of people that are just in it for the liquidity where they're like oh you know they're they're market makers small market makers albeit but market makers in some of these different markets and they put their weave offer beneath whatever and then they immediately list it at the floor like bro whoever does those schemes for the 0.01 eat scalps like one they've got so much more patience than me but two bro why like i just look at the potential upside of that versus the potential downside for that type of mentality, like there's no way that those guys are out there just killing it. No, so it, it, it's all bots and they have it timed for like, they, they just do 10 minute listings, right? Or some even do it like a listing every minute. So it continuously, they, they set the listing time for like one minute, 10 minutes or whatever, and just have the bot do all the work for them. They don't even have to do any manual labor. And it's like, that's a true grind when you're really trying to break up is like getting through like the 15 bots that are all selling the same NFTs to each other uh, when you're trying to break to that next level. Uh, that's a true grind. And yeah, it's a, uh, it's very irritating. I do have, you know, full disclosure, I have made like somewhat similar moves when I'm like just putting out a weath offer and then it's like pretty ugly one. Like sometimes oh, I get frequently, that. I'll like, yeah, you know, I don't really, you know, it's kind of just like, yeah, running because a weath offer, if you're doing a collection weath offer, then like occasionally people will just floor out gems, right? And you're like, okay, if it's not the gem that you wanted, then it's like, okay, I'll just put it slightly above whatever. I get that. You're like, okay, just continue the roller coaster until you get the one you want. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I have done that. Um, but you know, I, it, it is very annoying that how easy it is for people to set up a bot and just like uh, completely irritate the whole project. No. Yeah. Doing that for like making high frequency bots on like an illiquid market is pretty dumb. Honestly. I don't know. 
I feel like the the whole concept doesn't make sense. Maybe later on if there's a ton of liquidity, but at the well, current... yeah, that's the thing. Right? Like that's what I'm saying right now. I think in a trending market, whenever everything is actually moving and you get the buyers back in here, like whenever that unique buyers count starts to increase, volume across the market starts to increase, makes a ton of sense, right? But, you know, from the flip side, whenever everything's relatively flat and you're still keeping those bots running, I don't get it, bro. Like, that's tough because it's just, you know, like, I think a lot of the time I end up seeing those guys, whatever the bots are, they end up listing beneath and they end up, like, wrecking themselves in the process. Yeah, you're it's better worried. Like, hey, I, I love when I see that happens, like, where, or when it moves up too quickly, right? One of the ones that get floored um, sells, and then their weath offer rises like 0.05, and then they buy the same exact one that they just sold for like 0.05 less. That Bro, at the end of the day, I'm not for it. because at the end of the day, like you know, there's some people you know they'll they'll get completely upset at that type of stuff, dude. I I disagree. I think anything that adds more liquidity to your collection, anything that's able to add like liquidity at all, everything has a place you know a role to play into it and bro i think those are actually healthier to have than not have right because otherwise what's going to happen like if you've got nobody accepting your weed offers nobody putting them out there in the first place like you know it's it's not healthy <laughs> it's a lot better to have something than nothing Everybody hated please accept my offer until he wasn't there anymore, right? <laughs> yes, bro. I remember that guy from back in the day. He even changed his name, I think, to I Love Wonkies. He was like, he was the like OG pioneer of the, you know, the offers. It was before the even the bots came out. I remember one time he kind of came in Discord or came up on a space and was like, yeah, he was like, yeah, it's all automated now. But he was like, back in the beginning, it was like I used to manually do every single offer, and that is that is a that is a grind I can I can respect. Like I, I think you should have to be able to put in, or you should have to put in more work um, than these bots are doing. That's wild, man. That is pure insanity. But you know, I I respect the hustle. Um, well. Gents, I apologize. I had something this morning, couldn't make it to church, so I'm going to try to hit up the evening service. So I got to wrap this space a little bit early. Who knows? Might end up doing one later on. We will see. Either way, we will be back tomorrow. So appreciate it, gents. It has been fun. Take care. Stonks are inevitable.